Welcome to episode four of the Dump and Change podcast. I'm your host, Reed McDonald. Uh, as always, my lovely co-host to my left now, not the right, left. We changed positions since last pod, but um, Walter Eunice. Walter, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, just this dip, dodge, duck, and dive in this, uh, this virus that's out there right now. Um, I did want to comment that I went back and listened to episode one. And I wanted to do a little bit of uh, fact-checking. Little fact-check. Little fact-check. Number one, um, Swanee's son's name is, in fact, Henry. I was referring to him as Hank. Um, apparently, Hank is short for Henry, like Chuck to Charles. So I wasn't wrong there. That's fact number That's one. That's what Uncle Rito calls him, by the way. Uncle Rito calls Hank. him Hank. Hank. Uh, Hank the Tank. Hanky quit Yankee and you're wanky. Uh, <laughs> Kira, Kira Zirkel. Um, is a veterinarian who was in fact engaged to Lewis Mass, not Ali Zirkle. Uh, Z i r k l e is the musher. Z e r k e l is the veterinarian. Herbie Nyukpuk, the Shishmaroff Cannonball, apparently died September fourth, two thousand eight, at seventy-seven years old. His best Iditarod finish was second in nineteen eighty. And in 88 was his last race, and he was voted most inspirational musher in 1988. We nailed the Will Magnuson fact. He was indeed a fifth-round draft pick of the Colorado Avalanche and did participate with the national team development program. Lastly, to follow up with our Iditarod picks, Thomas Warner won the Iditarod um, this year. He's the only the fourth non-Alaskan-born winner. That's all I got for fact check. Nice, nice, beautiful. Uh, again, as always, uh, the man behind uh, the whole technical wizardry, uh, the Big Ginge. How you doing, Big Ginge? Good. Trying to stay sanitized. And, Still working. Uh, yeah, fortunately. So fortunately. far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. Cross my fingers. Yeah, it's hitting hitting people hard. Yep. And the ever-reputable Steve Glines. Rito, Rito, Rito. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy four. Glad to be here. Yep, one day at a time, boys, one day at a time. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of mac and cheese around here. And I know a guy that uh, owns a brewery. And uh, so, you know, one day at a time. Yeah, so it's uh, all the, uh, with this uh, virus action going on, it's, uh, you know, like my boys have come home from junior hockey and, and college, and uh, so having all the boys home, uh, it's uh, that's actually a silver lining because it's nice to have your kids home. If you have kids, it's uh, nice to f- at least you feel safe when you have them in your own house. And but uh, the grocery bill definitely gone up, definitely gone up. Uh, you know, you get the 16 pack or 12 pack of eggs, boom, one meal, they're gone. Whereas they, it's just me and Gavin, Sean, it's like they'll last for three weeks. So. It's pretty crazy. Need, so need protein. Need protein. So, so if you guys have uh, have young kids in the house, like my well, I got teenage kids in the house. So, I want to tell you a little story about uh, my son Gavin. He's a beauty, butron. So, the story kind of goes like this: uh, We're remodeling a bathroom. Been there ten years. Going to remodel the bathroom. So, wife says, "You remodel the bathroom. Freaking remodel the ba- bathroom." So. Uh, everything is uh, painting and we're taking out the van. He's nothing hardcore, but uh, toilet never moved. So he had been coming into our, our, our master bath to shower, and that's fine, whatever, and uh, not a big deal. Well, time goes on. that Again, the toilet 
was always operational, right? So now he starts coming in just to take a leak. And uh, so Gavin rolls in one time. I'm about, I got the shower turn. I'm about to jump in. But, you know, decide now's a good time to do a little manscaping, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm mid-manscaping. I mean, I got you know, like life by the shaft. I'm going in there, and he comes in. Oh, my God. What? Papa, dude, I didn't need to see that. I said, dude, you're in my freaking area, guy. Uh, you came into my personal space. And I didn't even stop. I kept going. And he took a piss and left disgusted. But um, so that's just kind of, He you still know, managed it, it, to take take a piss? Yeah. He, he did. He, did, he didn't walk system. out. I mean, that's how disgusted he was. He thought it was hilarious. So, you know, so they'll probably have more of those happening with the two boys, two more boys in the house. And, uh, yeah, they like to be naked, um, kind of like me all the time. So my poor wife lives with all of us and she's the only girl and uh, that's kind of the way that goes but so yeah that that's uh having the boys back is good but uh personal space also good so so um let's get right into it i am i'm so stoked we have our first guest um on the potty today and um a huge fan i'm personally a huge fan uh look up to this guy um the lead singer and founder of the Got the biggest metal act to come out of Alaska. Not only metal, just one of the biggest musical acts to come out of Alaska. 36 Crazy Fists. Uh, also owner of his own apparel company called Son of the North. Um, just an all-around cool dude. Former Diamond High standout. Alaska All-Star standout. Uh, needs no introduction, but uh, Mr. Brock Lindau. Welcome to the program, bro. Boys, thanks dude, for having me. Dude, uh, we were so stoked when you said yes. We didn't obviously think you would come on, but uh, we're glad you on. did. I also know a guy that owns a brewery, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here. You know everybody. I mean, again, if you've ever went to a metal show, and I've been to various metal shows, one I think was uh, Kill Switch and Gage came up here. If you ever see Brock at one of these things, to try to get a conversation with him is is difficult at best because nonstop people coming in, getting pictures. I mean, just rah, rah, rah. I mean, I mean, you're truly a, a local legend. So no, thanks. It's, it's pretty awesome. People are good to me here for sure. Yeah, so, um, so thirty six crazy fists, dude. Twenty five years. Yeah. Um, talk about that road trip. Bunch so of old dudes. That's now, really what that yeah. means. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a wonderful ride. Uh, when it started in uh, in ninety four in a little garage on Diamond Boulevard, um, you know, and then fast forwarding to what it is now, uh, just the things that we've seen and got to do because of music. Uh, just incredible so extremely grateful and it's been uh very crazy to be able to see the world because of that little band that started on diamond boulevard yeah big time so um we did a little bit of research here and and um i obviously i wasn't maybe not there at the beginning but i started watching you guys play in 95 yeah that's the beginning pretty much yeah and then i remember the first time that i met you was in coots and the brocklin he came up to me by the way he came up to me uh, well, let's be clear here. I'm a massive fan of you as yeah. a little little young guy. So the feeling's mutual whenever you say whatever yeah. you said about me earlier, which is very nice. I mean, I was a big fan of you, as most kids growing up that played hockey here know about Reed McDonald. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> not really. Um, but, no, I, I remember uh, you coming up to me, and we, we talked, and then you guys went on, and I was like, uh, oh, I played with Kyle and and uh, and, and like – when you leave to go play hockey and like I went to college and played, you know, you kind of lose track of 
what's going on. Like we talked right. about that before. Like when I left, everyone's like, ah, you know, Ty Jones, you know, this guy, you know, like I'm like, never heard of him. <laughs> right. Uh, just because I was gone. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yep. and, and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. But, um, but I do remember, um, watching guys at, uh, on Wednesday nights down at Goots. It yeah. Was, it was just, um, I mean, just, and, and how far you guys have come. I mean, how many albums, seven albums plus EPs. Ooh, yeah. Um, Somewhere around there, probably closer to ten, but but the 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 bigger ones that were on labels, you know, yeah, I think seven or eight. And the and the boss buckle, like that was the first tape. Yeah, we made three hundred of them, I believe, and we gave them out for free at the show, which was at Gigs Music Theater. Rest in peace. That place was awesome. Right. Uh, that was the first tape, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I also remember because. Being a, a local musician, that we were listening to all the bands that were recording, and Surreal Studios, which is still there today, was like the big place to go to. Um, it it was the most expensive place, therefore you were going to get the best quality. Um, but no one could ever hear a kick drum on any of the local bands. Could never hear one, and we were like, you know, loving metal, right? So that's a big part of metal: right, double right. bass, things like yeah. that. So uh, when we went to the Mirror Studios to do Boss Buckle, which was an entryway of the PAC, which is now, I think, is that Claudia Brothers in there? That okay, called? really? That, that little space was called Mirror Studios, and I sang vocals. If you look, when you walk past it around the corner, that was where the vocal booth was, which is where it's like an exit now. I don't think that's an entrance, but anyway, that was the place, and we were so excited because you could hear the kick drum. Yeah. And that was a big deal to us. And Charlie Hewitt, he was the guy. He came from San Diego, I think. And he had worked with the Osmonds and done all this like big stuff. So he was like, oh, you guys want kick drum? There's kick drum. And we were like, whoa, how come nobody else has ever done that? Right. I remember there was this like hippie band called the Disastronauts. I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't remember them. But they spent like 20 grand on their CD at Surreal. And it was a big deal. Like the paper was all about, oh, this is the next best thing. Well, no disrespect to those guys, but I, I hated that band musically i didn't know the people but i was like that's not and i just like 24 grand or whatever it was no kick drum and uh so that was a big deal to us anyway so i remember being in the truck after we got the tape we're like yeah we got kick drum and of course thomas was like anti-double bass at that time which he wasn't right before 36 because i played in a band with thomas before that he had a huge tama kit had like double bass kicks he had like 10 piece on top and uh you know, he was into all that stuff. But then as soon as we kind of started 36, Holt was super metal. And Thomas was like, eh, he liked Smashing Pumpkins and yeah. a lot of cool bands. But he kind of was getting out of heavier stuff. So that was kind of a battle for, shoot, I think I played with Thomas for like 19 years. Yeah. But uh, anyway. So, so you look back um, when you guys started. And you guys had, I mean, you guys are one of those bands that everyone forgets. You guys had some kind of hardships early on. I mean, yeah. uh, one that I didn't even know about before, <clears throat> maybe before you guys were a band, uh, is it Dwayne Monson? Yeah, Monson. That, that got murdered, basically, mm-hmm. outside gigs? Outside, it was actually in the Underground Bar, which is now, I believe it's called Al-Anon. It's like a uh, okay. non-alcoholic place on Spinard. Yeah, um, yeah, Dwayne was, so that band broke. They were called Broke. They were my favorite local band, and they were pretty much everyone in 36 except for Thomas and I. So Holt, Ryan Brownell, and J.D. Stewart were the musicians. 
Yeah. And then Drew Brinkerhoff was a singer and Dwayne was the drummer. Dwayne was engaged to Thomas's older sister. See that? Wow. Yeah. So we got to get sneak into the, because we were all, you know, teenagers. We'd sneak into those shows by carrying in Dwayne's drum kit. Oh, nice. Roadies. Yeah, exactly. So uh, (laughs) that's actually how I met Thomas because my band in high school, Daisy Chain. Daisy Chain. Yeah. uh, We would play shows with Broke at uh, like the Industry 13 and Spatula City. There was all kinds of little underground clubs for all ages back then. And uh, so we would, the, Broke was the heroes. They were the best band. Yeah. They were like Soundgarden kind of like that. And Drew Brinkerhoff, still one of my favorite singers. Unbelievable. Very Cornellish. And uh, yeah, and Dwayne was like, you you should play with my uh, my fiance's brother. He's an awesome drummer. And I heard of Thomas because he was like, the first pro skateboarder here. Yeah. First sponsored skateboarder. So I knew about that. And uh, then I saw him playing drums. Uh, oh, that's actually. So I was playing with Gabe, Anchorage Bridge, yeah. Gabe. I was playing in a band with Gabe, and uh, I had rollerblades. Now I'm rollerblading down the street, and I remember like seeing Thomas, and he's like, dude, you're a rollerblader? I'm like, I'm a hockey player, bro. What are you talking yeah. about? And uh, he's like, Big difference. Yeah, big difference. Big difference. You know, we, we, we rolled yeah. with our sticks. sticks. Exactly. Yeah. This was kind of before the whole inline mm-hmm. craze anyway. And I just remember him like judging me. I'm like, you can't do it. He's like, let me see him. <laughs> he puts him on. I've hated him my whole life and I love him so much. He's just good at everything he does. Yeah. He's just zipping down the street doing little three sixties and backward. Yeah. Just everything. Ooh, I'm just yeah. like, come on, dude, give me those back. Bastard. Um, but that's how, that is how I found him. But yeah. So Dwayne, um, he got into an altercation with some guys at the underground bar it was kind of smoothed out for a minute. And then I don't think the message was sent to the other guy who was with, there was an initial confronta- confrontation with him. Uh, and this man, that guy's buddy came by with a box knife and, uh, and, yeah. and sliced his neck and he died. Dude, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was messed up because during that time we were all like 18 years old. Yeah. Dwayne was a little older than everybody. I think he was in his like late twenties, maybe 26, 27. And, uh, yeah, during the, the paper was like Steve Holt, like a quote, 18 years old, <laughs> this is a full on bar, you right, know? Right. but none of that really mattered at that time. But, uh, yeah, that's how that started. That's how 36 started Yeah, because we did a, um, a fundraiser for the family. And that was like at, the first gig. Basically. Yep. Yep. And we did like Rage Against Machine covers mm-hmm. and, uh, I think some Nirvana, it was all covers. Right. And then those guys played a couple broke songs with Thomas on drums. And, and at that point, you have yourself, Steve Holt, Noonan, and JD, JD and Ryan. And, and JD and Ryan. Ryan's another guitarist. Yep. Ryan Brownell. Brownell, yeah. So speaking of, of, of more bad juju, JD Stewart, I mean, mm-hmm. killed in a car accident by a drunk driver, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, I do believe he was drunk, but so was JD's driver. Oh God! So and she ran the flashing red on Birch. And is that Birch? Well, it's different now. Yeah. Um, it was coming from Clat. The road's totally different now. Okay. It's actually a roundabout now, Minnesota. Gotcha. But uh, anyway, the guy that hit them had a flashing yellow, so he was in the right. It was foggy down there. It was, I think it was June. Yeah, June 16th, maybe. I should know that, but um, I know we opened for Primus three nights before it. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And uh, so, yeah, that was a lame deal. That was pretty early in the band. That was 96. I mean, yeah, early on, you guys had your share, fair <clears throat> share of just, just yeah. horrible, horrible things happening. Yeah, we. that's kind of Alaska, though, I think. Yeah. Back then, a lot, it seemed like there's not a lot to do. A lot of heavy drinkers. And it seemed like there was kind of a bad luck streak going there for a while. Yeah, but I, I, I still remember the first time I had. I had the Boss Buckle tape, but it was actually burned mm. by a buddy. Went to Diamond. Les Hendrickson. Oh, yeah. Lester. Yeah. Uh, so he, he had given me one. And actually, actually I ended up losing that. on a, I left in a rental car in Minnesota or something. But I was so yeah, bummed. That's good. But, uh, but um, back to that Boss Buckle EP, I want to share a quick story. Um, because you said you 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 would uh, every time you guys would record an album, you would bring that album a copy of it to your mom, whether she was a metal fan or not, oh, probably yeah, yeah. not. But um, she she would sit there, and you guys would listen to it and kind yeah. of dissect it, and then you would leave her that that tape. Um, and uh, when I opened the brewery up, we have this little tape wall. We got twelve hundred cassette tapes on there, and I wanted a thirty six Crazy Fist tape. I didn't have one. Mine's long gone. And so Brock, of the kindness of his heart. Um, after mom passed, yeah. uh, rest in peace. Thank you. Um, he brought us the boss buckle tape that he had listened and given to his mom. So that is still up on the, yeah. on the wall there. And that, Which that, I love that, that too. It means a lot to me and, yeah, and cool. it's not lost on me. So, um, but yeah, talk about that. Your mom passes away and that's, uh, I mean, my dad's passed away. I yeah, kind of yeah. can relate, but, yep. uh, it's a huge, huge, uh, <laughs> huge loss. You know, yeah. how do you, how do you, well, that tradition of recording albums and then going home and then it's sitting there is uh i haven't really thought about that in a while to be honest but it was tradition and we'd get it was always a morning time thing which seems hilarious if i'm thinking about it right now because we'd crank it up as soon as i'd get home because i was living in portland seattle portland area for a long time there too and uh that that was very special to do that and i do remember when we were incorporating like more guttural vocals and she's like, I'm not sure if you guys need to do that. She would always right. critique uh, it very honestly, which is very funny. And we probably didn't. I don't know, to be honest. But uh, I mean, I think you have you have such a, when you sing, you're yeah. clean singing. It's such a unique, I mean, I can't even mimic it, but it's uh, yeah. like like your vocals on on the first album are, are just, there was not that much screen, a little bit, but. You're right. But I mean, just, it's so unique. I mean. Yeah. Um, you hear you hear a Brock Lindau vibrato in his voice, you know it's Brock Lindau. Oh, it's crazy. Man. Yeah, thanks. Well, that, that's what I always hear. And I always was proud that it was also the reason a lot of people didn't like the band. So um, I was proud that we had something that, you either loved or hated and but at least we had something that was different yeah and it was all and i you probably read this somewhere but that's because i loved allison chains and i loved lane staley and he had the best ending to every word his vibrato was just but i couldn't do it i couldn't do that slow eerie thing but i could do this fast one yeah and that's kind of how that was born and then sometimes it's just like I listen to that early stuff back, and I'm like, God, it's overkill, man. He's up on that stuff. I love it. I I love it. I mean, I wish I have not heard the Boss Buckle tape in like probably 20 years, and I still remember the songs. But I would love to. I'm gonna have to take that one off. It probably still plays pretty good. Turn it and then put it back up. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. So, um, so with with all your your 36 albums, what's uh, I got a couple questions. Number one, what what do you categorize your music as like your genre i mean you, you talk about i mean like is it new metal is it alternative metal post-hardcore metalcore i mean 
is it's all just to me i'm I'm just a metal guy so yeah. it's like metal is metal yeah well i mean i know i love metal bands but i know that there's metal bands and there's rock bands i think we were really metal fans that played rock music yeah. and had hints of metal in it but it's not you know lamb of god it's not slayer it's more in the metallica world yeah. which is metal but now, if we're talking Metallica, whom is my favorite band of all time, they're a rock band. Yeah. Like the current Metallica, that's rock and that's roll. Classic, right? Not rock and roll, Bob Seger. It's, it's heavy metal rock and roll, but it's not. So 36 isn't heavy metal. You know what I mean? Right. It's a rock metal band. Right. That's like the bad. There's so many tags. Yeah. You get lost no, it's, in it. It's crazy. And it used to be like in the, in the, when we started, it was new metal or rap rock. Which was okay then, but then new metal became a derogatory term. Right, You're right. like, oh, we're not Limp that. Biscuit. Yeah. yeah. But if you listen to Limp Biscuit, I don't care who you are. That's If you like rap rock, that's a badass band. Yeah. If you don't like Fred Durst per se, but you listen to the music, that was killer musicians in that band. Yeah. Big so I, I was always of the mind that uh, certain people are going to tear you down no matter what. And the new metal tag became that. Then it was metalcore and that was great metalcore now metalcore oh they're just a metalcore band so it's just i've seen it happen over the years and you know that's why you know it was just a rock band yeah exactly that's that's good hey um go ahead uh can we cover where the name came from and like how you got to 36 crazy fish we keep talking a lot about yeah the the band name uh is jackie chan's very first film which was called jackie chan and the 36 crazy fish and at the time in 1994, I had no idea who Jackie Chan was. I only knew Bruce Lee. So guitar player Steve Holt, he was a big kung fu guy, and he knew Jackie Chan. Uh, so we watched it over one of those good early drunken nights, and it's one of the most ridiculous kung fu movies ever. I believe I would watch it. they have like dubbed-in Scottish accents for most of them, <laughs> nice. it's, which makes it amazing. Hilarious. Yeah. So... Uh, I remember, like, and it's spelled crazy fist. Well, we always put it together, and people mess that up forever, which has been a massive pet peeve of ours forever. It's like, it's not two words, but really it is, if you look at the actual movie title. So, but that's where the name came awesome. from. Awesome. Nice. So, of all your, all, all your albums, if you had to pick one that's your favorite, mm. is it, uh, what is it? Um, well, Snowcap Romance is like, if you like talk to like the diehard European fans, Bitterness of Star and Snowcap, those are their favorite albums. For me, probably Time and Trauma. It's not very old, but lyrically, that was right after my mom passed. That entire record is about my mom and, yeah. and just that relationship. So I think the most meaningful is that album and the hardest album because the rest of them were just like, yeah, we're partying, we're going to a right record. You know, yeah. it, it didn't have the same mindset as Time and Trauma did. Like that was like a serious album for right. me, where I was like, "Don't talk to me." Yeah, these are the best lyrics ever. Yeah, and you, they got, you guys got some good good riffs in that too. And yeah, and, and, and I think we changes. were doing more of the moody rock and roll mm-hmm. thing, you know. Yeah, so which is I think where we should be. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's our lane, and I think we've navigated the waters here and there, tiptoed in other different things, but we love that moody. Yeah, dark rock. No, you know? it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Killer Thank album. You. I mean, I like all your albums, obviously. Uh, we listen to them all the time. Um, I had another question for you um, before we get to life on the road. <laughs> some of those stories. Um, but what? at what point, what, what album, what band, what song that 
you listened to as a young man, you said you were 16, 17, 18 years old, that you said, dude, I, I want to do this. I want to I want to do this for a living. I want to be a, be in a rock band and do it. Uh, well, let's see. I saw Metallica in 88 off of Van Justice when they came to the Sully. And that day, I made it all the way to the front, me and Tim Jolly. Uh, and we were seventh graders, I believe. And uh, anyway, Hetfield back then used to pour beer on the front row. And he did that to us. And we got, you know, <laughs> we got a little bit in us. And uh, he looked at me. He, there was one moment where him and I, or at least I felt that. Yeah. And uh, I was just mesmerized by that guy. That is my guy. Him and Lane, probably. Those are my two dudes that I have always resonated with, always look to see what they're up to. Um, so that was kind of the moment. Even to like senior year in high school, which I was in bands all through high school, um, mostly doing covers and stuff. Uh, hockey was my forefront. I wanted to be in the pros like everybody did. That was my dream. It was a delusional dream at that, but it was a, it was that what happened I, to a lot of us. Yeah, like yeah. All of us. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, well, maybe not the boys behind us here. They no, the still got maybe, it. maybe, but, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah that, I think, I think Metallica definitely changed my trajectory where I was going with sports. I did start having a second love, which was music, which turned into the ultimate thing for me. Senior year, Seattle was going pretty good at that time. And uh, like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, I loved them. And I, w I was like, I'm going to go to Shoreline Community College right outside of Seattle. Maybe walk on to the soccer team. I was also really into soccer. So uh, that was my plan. And, and I went there and I took one day of college. And uh, my first class. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy. I had a framing job in LaConnor, which was right down the street, too. So I was like, I'm going to make some money and join a band. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, that was uh, Metallica. That show on that Ann Justice tour was definitely the tipping point. That, that's a great. Actually, I, I was lucky enough to uh, be in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, my grandparents, my, my dad's uh, mom and dad. Leo and Rita were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Who comes through town? Uh, and Justice for All tour. Cult nice. opened up for him. So I took, I said, my little brother and sister about your age. I'm like, uh, Mom, Dad, I want to take uh, Kyle and Linda to the, the rock show. And they're like, well, I don't know. I, don't. I had a fake ID. I was 20. I had a fake ID. So I get my buddy I played junior hockey with. And they say yes. Go to the liquor store, grab a six-pack. You know, have a couple in the car, go in. So that was, I'm a big first concert guy. So that was their first concert. I was like, Kyle and Lynn, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. Who, who gets that first concert? I mean, uh, it's just incredible. Yeah, that's but, good. Uh, but yeah, I just got lucked into that one. But what a. What did a the speaker day. go on fire for you at your concert? Speaker did not go on fire. No. Hmm. Do you know about that uh, yeah. rumor of that being set up all over the world? Because oh, yeah, of yeah, Sully, yeah. at the yeah. Sully, it did. And they had this British guy, everybody get back and. You know, there's a speaker on fire, and that was the thing. Like Metallica's playing so badass, the speakers the, the are catching speaker, fire. Yeah. Well, that really happened at the Sully, and I was like, "Wow, it's incredible." But then I heard over the years it happened at other places. So I'll, I'll have just, to look back. I don't remember that, yeah. but uh, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to it's never it been confirmed, but yeah. there is some circulating rumors that it's happened other spots. That's killer. Well, one thing I, I love about your band and and you personally is the uh, just your. Um, 
your loyalty kind of to Alaska and your love of Alaska. I mean, that's not lost in your, you know, the way you guys market your band and you guys are proud Alaskans. And mm-hmm. for us being Alaskans too, it, it, that's a huge thing. So, so yeah. thank, thank you for that. And, yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Thank I mean, I mean, and you guys have went, got, went on and I mean, talk about some of the bands you guys, I mean, I sat down with you and, and Thomas down at the brewery not too long ago and, these guys start rapping about, oh, you remember where we were on the plane? Oh, it's and we had so bad. Slayer and Alice and Jay, did you ever, did you ever get to I'm meet? like, oh, my God. Did you ever get to meet Hetfield Metallica and play with them yeah. for them? Or? We played with them a few times on these big festivals. Okay. I say that we played with them. That we were on the bill. <laughs> they were there. They, we played at noon. They played at 8 p.m. You know? uh, but they, that being said, in those big festivals that we've been so lucky to be a part of, um, everybody's together like they have these connexes of dressing rooms and you're you're next to motley crew you're next to maiden priest whomever but not metallica on everyone i spent an entire july on a festival circuit with acdc and metallica flip-flopping every night Uh, that was a month a month long of that i was i didn't miss one of those band sets any night and no matter what you never saw Metallica. Now, and then you never saw their dressing room. So they weren't even put where everybody, which was, everyone else was there. Guns and Roses. I mean, as big as you can get, Metallica didn't do that. And it, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, they just weren't on the site or whatever. But but you'd see Maiden and ACDC on site. Dude, so I don't know. I'm not crazy. sure what they were to, but to know, I have not met him. And uh, it's a bucket list for me. I got to get a photo with Hetfield. I think he's like 6'5". He's a big dude. He seems bigger. Is that just because the other guys are tiny? Oh, they are. Most of the dudes <laughs> are tiny. Kirk Hammett and Lars look like yeah. like little midgets. I am always like a giant compared to most of the singers that I'm on tour with. Singers oh, yeah. are little guys. How, how tall are you? You're I'm six three, six, six four, three, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. <clears throat> Watch out for that heater. Right I hit there. that here. He nailed that heater. <laughs> um, Can we get some flagging hit. on that heater there? <laughs> some orange gaff tape, yeah. please. Hey, hold on. I gotta interject real quick. Yeah. So. uh the first time you and I ever met, you may not have remembered, but it does happen. Did you guys lock eyes oh, fuck no. in the crowd? What happened was, all right, so I think it was it was at the Denina Center. Mm. You guys were filming your live DVD. Yeah. And uh, you were about three quarters of the way through at the end of August. And you backwards jumped into the crowd yeah. for a crowd surf. And the top of your sweaty ass head beamed me right in the fucking nose. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I took it straight to the beak and then pushed your ass back up. Cause yeah, you're a big guy. So you can fucking push your ass back up. We're shoving you to the front. I turned to my girlfriend. She looks at me and she goes, Oh my God, you're bleeding. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at, I look at her and just said like a bullet for my Valentine tee on. Yeah. And I went, Fuck it, let's go, and yeah. I get back into the mosh pit, man. Oh man, you know, I'm sorry about that, by the way. Don't be, don't be. That's the best story I ever had. Other than uh, when Adam from Kill Switch threw a shoe back into the crowd, and it fucking hit me in the nose too. <laughs> well, you're the biggest guy in the crowd, yeah. probably. So uh, it's like yeah. you're just a magnet. beacon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to stage dive uh, on August every night, and we were uh, starting a tour. Um, we supported in flames and it started in Montreal. Mm-hmm. The first night I stage dived and just like any night got back on stage, um, came downstairs and the tour manager was like, which I, I just met earlier in that day. 
he was like, you stage dive tonight, mate? And I was like, yeah, every night. He's like, not anymore, you don't. And I was like, yeah, dude. Like, what are you talking about? I was really proud of my stage diving. And uh, he's like, well, you injured a 14-year-old girl who's at the hospital right now, and her parents are pressing charges against you. And the cops will be here pretty soon. So I was just like, whoa. Wow. And uh, crazy enough, luck would have it. She was a 36 fan, didn't press charges. Got to come back later around midnight after we, like, bus call was like one in the morning. And I met her and thanked her for not sending me to jail. And uh, and we gave her a bunch of stuff. And anyway, it ended up being pretty good. Met her parents and stuff. And they were like, why would you, why do you leave the stage? Like, they didn't even get it. And I'm oh like, my God. it's hard to explain it's metal. that, you know? Yeah, just, when people don't get it, they don't get it. Yeah. And I understand that because why would you? Like, why is Ben jumping on yeah. people? And that's an <laughs> encouraged thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was lighter than I did quit doing it actually after that I did. And I actually had to get a million dollar, uh, insurance policy the next day. No shit. Yeah. And all the bands started carrying them pretty shortly. At, or, and around that time, I remember a lot of people getting them because of that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. I'm reading a book right now. You spot, talked about lamb of God, Randy Bly. Oh, mm-hmm. that one. Dude, I brutal. mean, uh, he's in great book. Czechoslovakia. Prague, Probably half yeah. of Prague. Yeah. And, and he, like, pushed a kid off the stage or whatever and yeah. it just a, it, unbelievable yeah unbelievable comes back two years later oh you're arrested and charged with this it's like yeah okay you know the story i got yeah i've been yeah yeah that's an incredible story that and ha- that has a good ending in a tragic situation brutal but, yeah. but i mean yeah like you said you, you're just it's metal i mean you, we've been to enough metal shows that's kind of what you do yeah it's crazy i've been kicked in the face and mm-hmm. puked yep. on and it just oh, yeah that's kind of, I mean, kind of what you, you expect. Last 36 Crazy Fish uh, I was at was at uh, Coots. wasn't the last time. It was like a year ago. And the two big boys started. Remember that? I don't know if you remember. You probably see it every night. But these two big guys start throwing. Oh. And I'm like, okay, distance myself from that because I don't want to get hit by an errant one. And they just start going to town. You're like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, it's just a violent, violent place yeah. to be. It, yeah, it, it con- controlled violence. Or it's supposed to be anyway. And and it, it was at that one that um, I was there. Uh, I was drinking with. Well, I saw uh, Ken Asplund there. He's big thirty six crazy fist guy. I remember when you guys were there. And yeah. I think uh, Casey Kennedy and I turned to those guys. I had been in a mosh pit at that time. I'm forty nine, fifty, and I'm like, I hadn't been in a mosh pit forever. I'm like, maybe I'm too old. And I look at these guys. I'm like, yeah. Slam my my whiskey coke. I'm like, are we going in? Or are we going in? And I was like. No, no, they don't know. I went in by myself, and mm-hmm. that's when I, I had the best time. Come out. I was proud you of you. I you remember seeing you. You don't drink as much, number one. You're getting a good yeah. workout. You're sweating it out. I mean, yeah. I got done. I was totally sober and drove home. It was great. Yeah, nice. And didn't get killed, so. Perfect. My one and only mosh pit was Pantera Sullivan Arena. That's a good one. Uh, it was a good one. And you talk about you're not supposed to be controlled. No. It was just, a, it was like a fight for their entire yeah. performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You better have your head on a swivel. That was, ni- that was 97. Were you at that oh, yeah. show? Yeah, I was. That was a, my I favorite. Pantera. My favorite part of that show was when they started out, they were going to play Cemetery Gates. And everyone is just like, yeah, yeah. And they got the, there's in there, like, they stopped. You guys like that? Yeah. And they're like, too fucking bad. They went into a uh, fucking hostile. I never fucking oh, played it. People are like, what the fuck, man? This is bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, that's metal. That's that's totally metal. <laughs> I think, yeah, we're not playing that song. We hate that song. We're playing something a little heavier. Their so. ballad, yeah. Damn it. 
Yeah. So that was awesome. Speaking concert. of uh, really speaking good. of ballads, and I, everyone at this table, I'm sure has one guilty pleasure. One band. I mean, I know you're a lover of all music. I'm, I'm sure, like, not maybe new country, but I'm gonna say maybe some old country. For sure. And all, all over. The, I know you're all. Rest in peace, uh, Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. Kenny yeah. Rogers. Good call. Got to know one of the best. Yeah. Know when to fold them. Coward of the Unbelievable. County. Unbelievable. That's the jam. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But he wouldn't be your guilty pleasure. I wouldn't count that. No. What, what band no, do you no. think is oh, yeah, a little light in the loafers? I'll, I'll tell you one of mine. I mean, uh, my boys can attest to it. Huge Third Eye Blind guy. I love Third Eye Blind. I mean, I, I, dude, I love I love it. it uh, so, yeah, I listen a lot to Third Eye Blind, and uh, I also listen to Third Eye Crazy Fist. Tell, tell me a Third Eye Blind song. Like, What's their hit? What's their hit? I know uh, the name. Motorcycle Drive-By. No, um, that's not scratching the itch. That's not scratching the itch. Um Jumper. Jumper. No, there was a hit, though, wasn't there? Like... That one? Mm. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, anyway. I'm not familiar with them, but I know the name for yeah. sure. Yeah. So so what is your guilty pleasure if you had to pick one? Jeez. I'm going to go around the room. So uh, I'm going to the hook, by the way. Guilty pleasure. It can't be Bell Biff DeVoe. Well, I like Walter. Bill Bivdemo. Oh yeah, Devo, Devo. <laughs> uh, I liked uh, smack it up, flip it, rub it down. I did like some Wham as a young kid. There we go. Yeah, there we go. He was well, just wake me was... up before we go go, dude. They played that at my high school dances back in the day. That was that was some catchy stuff. <laughs> Kenny was playing the guitar right behind you. Kenny was playing a little, um, and I was I was acting out. I was singing a little. Uh, what was that one? Faith, a little Faith. George oh, Michael. George Michael. Bum, bum, That's right. Bum, oh. Money. Careless Whisper. That's oh. good shit. Uh, Seether did a nice cover of that. Mm-hmm. If you guys heard that, yes, yeah. Seether, love, love, my, love me some Seether. Uh, I want to. We're gonna get on some hockey stuff here. Hey, but, hey but, were, were you gonna go around the room with that though? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sure, well. Ken, Kenny's waiting. Kenny's waiting. No, no, no. I want Walt to start. Well, okay. Walt. Okay. so my sister graduated in '89, and so she had all those hair bands, and yeah, yeah. I was very impressed. You know, I was five years behind, so I'm in sixth grade. and She's listening to this, and that's what all the cool people in high school are listening to. So I, I do occasionally uh, like to fire up the Spotify, like hair bands, yeah, like, 80s rock, and oh, yeah. you know all the Scorpions and yeah, Journey. Yeah. And, and, nothing uh, wrong with that. Love uh, it. It's nothing wrong uh, with that. Yeah, it's awesome. Every Sorry, rose Journey has 86. a thorn. Every rose has a thorn. First song ever. Cinder- is that Cinderella? Who, who Poison. Is that? Poison. 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 Yeah. Poison. Yeah. No. So 80, the 80s hair bands. Yeah. I'm yeah, with you on that. that. Panty that. And then you hang out in this guy's office enough, which we all do. It's usually on. Yeah. 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 See? For sure. I'm not going to count that as my guilty pleasure, Doug. I, I, I like me some poison. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Well, Dude. Well, so, so mine, the easy answer would be Nickelback. But I actually think. Oh, yeah. I, 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 fuck. What's, not, there's nothing wrong with Nickelback. Right. But it gets worse from there, boys. It gets way worse from there. Really? So this is going to shock you, but I know just about every word on Katy Perry's Teenage Dream album. Love Katy Perry. (laughs) Not shit yet. Easy on the eyes. Roar. Katy Perry Roar. No, that was a couple albums later. What's your favorite Katy Perry song? Can you sing California Dream, buddy. Okay. Come on, dude. I, I could see you I bouncing probably, around. I probably have heard I could see I you bouncing around like in a little tight outfit. or just seeing my big house. man boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's sexy. Oh, I know it is. That's sexy. <laughs> Going boob for boob with uh, Katy Perry is pretty special. <laughs> um, I got one I got one more question. Um, hold, on, hold on. We got to get Steve Glines on here real quick. He's been oh, God. a little absent. There we go. Uh, you're probably not going to see this one coming. Uh, 
Gangster rap, boys. Gangster rap. NWA, Easy E, Dr. Dre. I followed the whole Tupac B thing like really, really closely back in the day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, when I'm driving down the road, absolutely. You know, I find myself in a dark alley. Need a little motivation. (laughs) So much better than the new stuff. Let's hope the new stuff's hard to listen. That's way cooler than Wham. That's for sure. (laughs) I'm gonna say Kenny wins this one though. Hands down. Yeah. Well, I don't know though. Well. The Katy Perry thing, yes, he yeah, does win that. Pretty, yeah, but the, his, let's talk about bad. Nickelback for a second. I have never jams. understood. I'm not a massive fan, nor am I a big hater. hater yeah. I never understood why that band specifically got the hate that they have. Because if you just listen to Nickelback, it's just kind of, they got a formula that kind of right. rides the same way. But it's just rock songs. They're talented musicians, no question about it. Solid, tight rock band. Yeah. There's a lot of bands that I don't like, and Nickelback was never like, yeah. I don't put them on. I don't listen to them, but it's not because I hate them. You're not turning them off if right. they come on the radio. No, yeah. exactly. I'm like, oh, God, Nickelback. But I just never understood their hate. They do have a couple songs that are very, very catchy. Very catchy. They're kind of like Three good, Doors good Down, riffs. kind of. Yeah. So they're good live. They got a really good live show. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And another thing that a lot of people don't know, they were super tight with Pantera, and Vinny lent a lost lead to them for that bullet song. No way. Oh, that's that right. lead is dime. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I do right. remember that. Yep. I do remember that. Didn't so, they have um, one of the greatest metal bands ever yeah. thought that dime's lead was cool enough to go to Nickelback. So suck it. That's, Didn't they have the singer, one call. of the guys from ZZ top on that song too? That I don't know, but I do know that about dime. Isn't yeah, Kro- is, is it Kroger hooked up with uh, one of the hockey teams there in Canada? I, I would imagine it'd be the Canucks, maybe owner or something. Mm. I don't know. Oh, oh, like a junior team or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. What is the, the Giants? Vancouver Giants? Are they Vancouver guys? W, are they W H L? Belfast Giants? No, the the uh, W H L. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Mariah Carey Christmas music. That's my guilty pleasure. Oh shit! Belfast Giants came up. Do you remember the thing they did? Oh yeah, with the Mariah Carey song. They did the whole video in the locker room and everything. Uh uh-uh. Oh. Well, I'll show you before you go. Well, uh, I got one more 36 question, and we'll, okay. we'll, we'll put it to rest. But uh, 36 Crazy Fist, when you guys go to write uh, um, your records, how like what is that process? Does, does Holt just do the riffs? He brings the riffs in. Do you bring in riffs? Does does anyone else? Or how, how does that all work? I mean, you, you, lyrically, it looks like you do the heavy lifting in that department. But Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of similar to some bands, maybe not as similar as I think it is, but um, like when it was when Thomas was still in the band, we've had Kyle in the band now since eleven, I think two thousand eleven. So I think Thomas quit in oh nine, ten, yeah, ten, something like that. Uh, when Thomas was in the band, Thomas and Steve wrote a lot together. When Thomas retired from the band, it became just Steve's job, pretty much. So he's always kind of programmed drums. He's always the studio guy. And uh, it's oh, it's just Holt and I. I do all the lyrics. I've always done all the lyrics yeah. and all the titles and, and things like that. But uh, the the basically the map is laid out by Holt. Yeah. And then I uh, kind of finish when they're all done. And not to say that Kyle and Mick don't do their own. They are allowed to do their own thing. It's yeah. very uh, democratic. Yeah. But uh, it starts with Holt. And it probably ends with Holt, and uh, he's kind of he kind of steers the ship, yeah. uh, I would say. And I'm, you know, we're all happy to have him do it because that's kind of his thing. And 
I just kind of wait there till they're all done. I don't really, uh, the songs don't really come to me unfinished, to be honest, just because we, I don't know, we just don't really work like that. The song is basically mapped out. Yeah. Before I get it. We're changing the chorus. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, every once in a while, I will say, like, if you guys could let that go one more time so we could get a few more words in, you guys went pretty short. But I think they kind of know, we all know each other now, right. and we kind of know what we're, we don't, we're not like, there's certain bands that never repeat things. We aren't that band. We, yeah. we try to get a big chorus, and we try to do it like three times, and we yeah. have two verses and a bridge. Pretty much every song goes like that. Yeah. That's kind of the... Formula. Rock 101 for us. So yeah, we, well, we don't steer too far from it. Well, well congratulations on 36. I mean, thanks. Uh, I mean, I, I speak for it's been a lot of fun for everybody up in Alaska. It's uh, we're always rooting for you guys. Yeah, and, thank you. And I'm always waiting for new stuff to come out. So yeah, don't stop. Don't stop on on our behalf. <laughs> um, so um, a little more hockey action. So you are a, a, a diehard, I would say, uh, Flyers fan, lifelong defender. Got the Flyers. He's got the hat. He's got the hat on right now. To prove best it. mascot in the league. And oh, best no question about it. Maybe yeah. in the world. Yeah. yeah. No, he's. he's I'd classic. say the world. He's classic. Uh, so, what got you into to being a Flyers guy? Uh, when I was little, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, everyone loved the Oilers. You know, the, that was the Gretzky era, and uh, I and I also loved them. But one time, uh, probably in Mites or. or yeah, I think it was in Mites. Me and my dad were watching a hockey game, and the Flyers were playing. And it must have been around Halloween or something because uh, I was immediately tuned into them because of the orange and black. I was like, ooh, I love Halloween. I like yeah. those jerseys. Then my dad said, those are the tough guys. Those guys beat everybody up. And then I found out, he might have told me right then, that they won back-to-back cups the year you were born. 74, 75, 75, 76. Yeah, so... That that was it. That's where it started. It was a color thing at first, and but I just remember, like certain guys, like Brad Marsh, Dave Poulin, Tim Kerr. Like there was certain guys, and, and then then going backwards and uh, seeing like Hammer Schultz and Clarkey and you know all those guys. Um, that was when I knew that they were tough. I that was it. Yeah. What about Hextall? He well, yeah, and you can't forget old Hexy. He was I love uh, Hextall. Psycho. I love have, you, have you come? Up, have, have they crossed your path? Oh yeah, all? I have a wonderful story for you guys. So a couple of years ago, uh, our touring rig broke down in Philly, and we had to rent a SUV to finish the rest of the tour. And we left the the RV um, at a, a shop right outside of Philly. So tour ended in like San Diego, and then I flew back. Well. When I'm flying back, I see that the Flyers are playing that night. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to check out a game. Boom. So I'm just so fired up, you know, and I, I get – so I got two jerseys. I have a Dave Schultz jersey awesome. with me on tour and, and a Giroux jersey. The Winter Classic had just happened, so I had a Winter Classic Jesus, jersey. Jesus. And I'm like, I'm going to wear a Schultzy jersey. So I put it on for, at the hotel. I go, on, and I'm getting pretty lubed up. And – uh I go in to use the bathroom. Flyers are winning 4-1. They're playing Dallas. And uh, the lady that's looking at your tickets, she says, um, you know you can go into the bar here after the game's over. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't know that. And there's like a mezzanine bar. So I'm like, sweet. So the game ends, and I go into the bar. I get a beer, and there's only like 10 people in there. And uh, 
this guy goes by and he's like, Hey, sweet hammer Jersey. It's like, thanks man. He's like, you know, he's in the bar. And I was like, what? He's like, he's right over there. And it's his birthday. And I'm like, what? And I have like no fear at this point. I roll right up on him and I'm like, hammer heard it's your birthday, buddy. Let me buy you a beer. And he looks at me and he's like, the fuck are you? So he's got this little buddy with him and he's like, Hey, Hey, he's wearing your, your Jersey hammer. He's like, you should sign it for him. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Now we're talking. Yes. So the, he's got like a few friends with him, and he's not really looking at me. And I'm trying to get the bartender's attention. And I'm kind of belligerent at this point, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm just too excited. Super and, fan. And uh, he goes, uh, and he's like, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from Alaska. And then I don't know how many times that's worked for you oh, guys. Yeah. Big oh, yeah. time. But Always. immediately he's like, what? Yeah. I always wanted to go to Alaska. I'm like, well, yeah. And uh, he sends all his buddies away. Hammer and I have, well, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the picture. I don't know if I ever showed you the picture. I'll show you guys a picture later. But we have probably two beers a piece. So I get to hang out with him for probably a half hour. And I'm telling him the story that at the time, Rob Zombie is managed by the same manager as us. And Rob Zombie is trying to make a Broad Street Bullies film. And so I'm trying to tell my publicist to get a hold of Rob Zombie, who's also his publicist, and let him know that I'd love to be the player in the film that plays Schultz. And I'm like, can you hook this up? And she's like, I'll do what I can. Not really getting anywhere. So I'm telling this to Hammer. And he's like, anyway, he tells me he doesn't really like Rob Zombie. Cause he's coming in and not asking for permission. He's giving me all these inside scoop. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And, uh, he's like, but at the end of it, he's like, you can play me. You, I want you to play me. And, uh, I was so pumped up. I was like, I'm going to be Dave, the hammer Schultz in this freaking zombie film that he's shelved apparently. But that was my story. And, and he was so cool. And I still have his card. He has like a security company he does like building i think what kyle does yeah he has like a security company goes around and beats the shit out of people <laughs> exactly <laughs> <Takes> their weed. <laughs> yeah uh he was a gentleman it was really cool to meet him but yeah that that was a really cool so did you get off the phone right there and you fucking speed down. oh Rob, i was zombie, zombie stop fucking around dude you gotta stop fucking around where you're ruining it for me well the funny thing was he was he did not like rob zombie and he had a look in his eye like I was like, ooh, well, Rob shit. Zombie's just a little guy. Too. <laughs> yeah, I was He's like, damn. Tiny. You know, one of those little rockers. You don't really think yeah. he's like tiny. No. Maybe, maybe you could share that pic with us. We can before your episode drops. We can. Uh, oh yeah, post it. I will. I'll share it with you guys. It's a, one of my prized possessions. That's awesome. Yeah, I, and I, he he was a, he was not as big as you think. He wasn't that big of a guy. No, he's well, yeah, yeah. Brock oh, Schultz. He wasn't. Brock, you're bigger. Hammer. You're bigger. You're you're a bigger guy. So you gotta keep it in perspective. Yeah, right, but I, in my mind, he was a massive, oh, he's a massive guy. dude. I would yeah. think he'd be like six four. Well, you'll see in the guy. photo, he's not. No kidding. Yeah, well, he's th- not small, but he, he wasn't what I thought he was. Yeah. One one cool thing, I I have been to uh, Bobby Clark's hometown. Nice. But you know where his hometown is? Uh, no, no. It's uh, no one's been there. I bet you no one in this room's been there. Flin Flon, Manitoba. Flynn, what? Flynn Flon. Flynn Flon. Flynn Flon. And I think Reggie Leach is from there, too. Oh, wow. And, uh, but when you drive in, it says home of Bobby Clark. That nice. was in, that's bad. That's when I was uh, looking for a, a home to play junior hockey. And, yeah, long run. That's another story. But, yeah, at Flynn Flon, Manitoba. Did, Flynn Flon Bombers. Uh, did SJ. Bobby Clark's son 
played junior hockey with our age group, Glenzy? I want to say he played on Brandon Carlson's USHL team. Maybe. Uh, because I remember them having beers with Clark. No. Uh, there's an old God. story about that, but uh, I could be dreaming that. But Clark's one of those like just iconic <clears throat> hockey players, old school. Oh, the would do anything to win. Yeah. Just the kind of guy you want on your team. Great yep. leader. And just the fact that he had sick flow, the 70s flow with the no teeth. No teeth. It all it's good photo. It just, yeah. he was... Dude, it's just yeah. tougher than nails. Had skills. Two hand slashes yeah, just, constantly oh, yeah. on the ankles. Every commies slashing commies. Oh, everything. yeah. That's right. So um, that kind of leads us into one of our, our, our topics that is kind of hot. It's kind of going away. But, uh, you know, and we talked about it about, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, four weeks, a month ago, maybe. About the, the kind of the Me Too movement and uh, Carcillo, how he's coming out yeah. against it and, and how – you know, hockey is changing. Like we talked about the youth, you know, the slurring of, uh, you know, you, you, a ref hears that slur, uh, a racial slur, and it's it's automatic uh, bad juju for the kid. Where you Maybe it wasn't like that back in the day. Yeah. And uh, just so you look at, um, like I played through college hockey, and, yeah, you you, uh, you go to rookie parties, and, and these guys sitting behind me, my boys have been to rookie parties, and, and you do get hazed. Uh, at some point, but I never, I never experienced the type of stuff that some of these guys that Carcillo is talking about, like, like sexually getting yeah. abused and stuff. And that, that's next level stuff. I personally have never seen that. It was always good natured boys being boys, kind of having fun yep. type of stuff. And, you know, if it, you know, you did, it took care of your, your, your brothers basically. Yeah. And the stuff they're talking about is, is it beyond my my experiences for sure. I never saw that. Right. Yeah. No, when I heard the Carcillo interview or when I read it, um, what I didn't play junior hockey, but a lot of my buddies did. And I was, I loved when we'd come home at Christmas and we'd all get together and I'd hear the rookie party right. stories. And I mean, I could, I lived to hear those stories. Those are some of, and I, none of them I've forgotten. I mean, they're the funniest and none of it was what you're saying. Like the sexual stuff that wouldn't have been funny. No, I mean, no. it was all, all part of a, a good-natured team-building thing, which today is different day. It is, and 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 a lot of it probably doesn't go on in the good nature that it did at one time, and it's definitely not looked as good nature, which is the climate. But I do still think that some of that those stories that I heard, there's no problem with doing them today. I, I I don't know I don't know I guess the kids are a lot different than we all were in a sense of um, the music's definitely different that's for sure. Oh God! No I was metal uh, in the locker room. No, at and, all. and and I I can't get hung up on it too much anymore <laughs> because it just really bugged me for a while. But uh, but yeah, so they're different for sure. And and you hear like the old veterans talking about the young guys just being on the video game consoles and stuff, and they're not really going out and right. doing those things. So. It's a different day, but I loved those early junior hockey stories. The junior hockey Bible that is has anybody seen that lately? No. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was like one of the funniest things ever. I need to relook that up. Well, but, I've I've got a one I was assistant coach for the Vale Avalanche back in ninety three, ninety four. Right. Kyle played for me. Ernie Gallagher from Sadatna. Yep. Toughest son of a bitch I played. Oh yeah. Down. Ernie's still oh, a big unbelievable. boy. Unbelievable. Yeah. He is still jacked. Yeah. Dude. Tougher now. Play it against him. Um, 
So a lot of Alaska boys are there, but talk about funny rookie party stories. I, I'm an assistant coach at this time. We're on this 1968 bus. Nice. Um, both myself and the head coach, uh, Gary Sampson, have, have, um, have uh, our CDLs to drive. So we, would, we had Dave, the bus driver from Denver, and sometimes we'd drop Dave off and we would drive the boys back. <laughs> but this is where we're, we're on a road trip, and it's, it's early in the season, all the rookies. Gear down, all naked. Shove them. Shove them all in the bathroom. So the boys have been using that bathroom the whole time. It's disgusting. Yeah. And there's guys like sitting on – I mean, they're like there's like eight or nine guys in the bathroom, and it is a sauna at this point. Yeah. So we go to the truck stop. We pull over. They're all in there like, oh, you guys are right. So on those buses – and there's another story here too, but the back window on this one kind of flipped out so you could flip it up and, and see. And so they flip it up, and someone has a hockey stick and, and – jams the hockey stuff and they they were like oh my god thank you thank you like like just the cool air was awesome yeah we're at a truck stop so there's these truckers looking over there (laughs) what the hell is going on they look over and they see and it's like naked guy naked guy naked guy sitting on each other's lap everyone naked and and these old guys just like looking at that like just shaking their heads how much does that cost yeah this is awesome uh so that kind of stuff was was funny but yeah um, and and that's the the more lighthearted stuff obviously is is the stuff that yeah that, uh, that, that and, and I really feel like any, you know, again, I've never played juniors either, but hearing all the stories and stuff, it seems like the bulk of it was that. And, right. And, and, and the occasional crazy stories, what's really like almost one bad apple kind of spoils it for everybody else. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I was kind of put off on that stuff. Uh, you know, Carcilla doesn't want his kids to play it anywhere near the game. That, that kind of. Kind of bugs me, yeah. Because, you know, because I mean, I, all three of my boys play. Uh, I want my kids to enjoy the game because there, there's hopefully, hopefully, it never gets to that point for anybody like it does to Carcillo. But um, you know, I, I think it's a good game to to definitely build character of kids and, and some life lessons and that type of thing. I mean, a lot of sports are like that, hockey especially like that. Uh, but yeah, there's just. Um, now, it's it's unfortunate that it's gotten to that that point, I guess. Yeah, that that comment he put in specifically was like, I can't get behind that. Right, but I mean, and that's why I mean there are there are people like that out there. There are people like that out there coaching your kids, and that's why you say hockey's stepping up and and, and doing more background checks and making sure that isn't. I mean, it's, it's we, national level now. We we all go like, ah, oh, dude, why do I have to do this? Like bullshit. But yeah. really. You know, we're not. One you of have the to bad do it guys, for the. You have to do it for the one for, scumbag. Exactly. You got to get the exactly. one scumbag out of there. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, so your uh, your daughter will, eleven years old. Yeah, almost. Yep. Almost crazy. I remember when she was a little squirt miner, little bald baby, squirt miner going yeah. into peewees. Going to be yeah. going to be moving to Eagle River next year. Uh, oh jeez. Well, we the are in the, we oh. are looking for a oh. new home. So Eagle River is not completely out of the Must, question. Mustang we, got, we got Noonan already out here. Thirty six alum. I mean, you yeah, do. So it could be the retirement home for thirty six <laughs> crazy fish. Get well, the only the, oh my the God. Home. <laughs> get Holt up here. And, you know, oh. that's not a bad idea. I don't uh, know what mix. That's the only way I can see Noonan is at your your brewery. So yeah. The time he comes out, yeah. and he, he's been actually speaking of the virus thing. He's been training for this thing his whole life. Right, it's <laughs> no he, nothing new to he's, him. He's like, I'm holed up. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing. He's I'm, hunkered down. You see him? He's playing guitar now. Just like yeah. I don't know if you ever played guitar. Yeah, before, he did. But he's good. He, yeah, he's he was always really good. He's one of those guys who can yeah. do anything. I told you, he really is. But he can't sing though. 
Oh, okay. that's one nice. thing he can't do. <laughs> nice, nice tone deaf. Yeah, he'll nice. and he'll say it, but uh, yeah, he's a good guitar player. Good, great guy. Um, so back back to Will. So as a parent um, of of a young hockey player in today's game, I guess we want to get your kind of take on what do you think? What kind of th- things are is USA Hockey doing right, and what kind of things do you think they can improve upon? Uh, USA Hockey confuses me sometimes with the younger age groups having to play a certain way that they're going to have to relearn the way it is for the the main game, let's say. Uh, you're on the penalty kill. You can't ice the puck. I don't understand that at all. And I have heard all the reasons. And I was pretty embarrassed, actually, a few years ago when that was going on. I guess that was two years ago or something. Why We're on the penalty the kill. We ice the puck. They blow it. I'm like, oh, did they not realize we got a penalty? Ref, you suck. Next next play happens again, and I'm free. I freak. I'm what like, what the, the fuck? And guys, excuse me, sir. Um, they they uh, there's no icing on a penalty kill, or you you can't ice the puck. Yeah. And uh, that still is just so odd to me. Um, the half ice games, you know, when we all grew up playing, we were playing full ice games outside. So, uh, I don't know. The half ice, you know, I, I don't really care about the half. I, I'm really glad we're not doing half ice anymore at this age group. But um, I think we did have like two this year, to be honest. But uh, last year it was all half ice, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, four. You had four, four games? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I don't really, other than that, uh, what, other, what other weird rules are there? Um, well, I mean, when, when we get into my next kind of point is like the fact that uh, you know, they're taking, well, I'm going to say it anyway, Walter, I'm going to say hitting. Cause that's the way I, I Oh yeah. There's that. Then, body then they're, checking. Taking, they're, they're taking yep. hitting or body, body checking. checking out of the game. Hitting's and, what bullies do. And, uh, and we talked about this before where, you know, you get, they took it out of peewees. And so now you got, they added in at Bantams and now you got guys that are your size and bigger at the elementary stage of hitting, go out and blowing guys up, have no idea what they're doing. Right. You know, kids aren't protecting themselves the way they need to. Because they know they can't get hit, and it's just uh, again at the end of the day, I don't want, I never want a kid or a, a junior hockey player, or a pro player to get freaking Scott Stevens out there. I mean, right. that's not that's not yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about. But I'm saying when you boil the game of hockey down in playoffs and like Stanley Cup playoffs, it gets gritty and nasty again. Yeah, like it, like it was supposed to get. Yeah, real hockey. I real rem- hockey. I right. remember as a squirt, and then having to play some of those peewee house teams and you could hit then i remember being a little bit intimidated obviously and but you did learn how to protect yourself at a young age and then when you got to peewees you were pretty dialed in on you couldn't wait to get there right having to go into bantams now i think that is a problem especially with injuries you know you don't know how to take a hit you don't know how to give one and uh yeah i agree on that that's a, a and what was the reason just for injury there's a uh, time frame um, in your brain development that you're more susceptible to be concussed. And that's at that, uh, that mm-hmm. 12 age. So there is some scientific backing, sure. but it, it, it's another step towards them completely removing body checking right. from hockey. And that's why it really bothers me more than anything else. And you're talking about, there's no hitting at the house level anymore at all. So you get those 14s, 16s, 18s that play house hockey, and then they come out in the high school. And you you talk about Hello. people yeah you talk about people getting <laughs> hit yeah yeah skating up the middle of the ice with your head down yeah yeah in yeah. a high school game with a you know like a triple A type player it, it, I've seen some guys get hit extremely hard so yeah it, it's unfortunate and it's the way they're going but it is what it is yeah I know in is 
I'm not sure if the Seattle Junior Youth, not Junior Hockey, but their youth is called Seattle Junior. Uh, they all have stop signs on the back of their jerseys. They do that here. Do they? Some of some of the teams. Yeah, do. in Minnesota, all the Minnesota teams have it. Um, yeah. Canada, you'll see it a bunch. They have the stop sign. They've yeah, been... they play in that Canadian league. I think that's where okay. that. All right, I can be devil's advocate here. What the hell is that going to do? I mean, like, is a kid going to see the stop sign <laughs> right before you right blast him into the boards? Up? It's like it's like the the. A couple of years ago, in fact, Subway Center still has it. Still has that, that orange thing, thing around. Yeah. It's another mark on the ice that you just they got, lose. They got you, you rid of it, right? Yeah, it's I not there now. Have, uh, I it's thought one there. of them. No, no it's gone. No, it's maybe, gone. Maybe it's Dempsey had it or something. No, it's it's it was, it was awful. Okay. It was awful. I, that was the no touching it. zone. You couldn't yeah, yeah. touch. You could no touching in in this but, area. But back back when my dad taught me how to play as a kid, like we talked about this before, I never remember them saying. Hey, don't blow a guy up from behind. And also, but I also remember saying, "Hey, protect yourself." Yeah. I'm not going on the boards three feet away from the boards and giving you ass out. And yeah. like you're like a lot of these players now are putting themselves in these positions yeah. where it never used to happen. It wasn't even a thing. It was like you were you were close to the boards. You got you cross checked the boards. You yeah. didn't get hurt. And um, if you were retrieving a puck, you didn't skate straight into the wall. You you took an angle and you picked the puck up and moved. And kids aren't learning that anymore. They're just getting run over. Well, the the yeah. number one thing is you knew the guy was going to blow you up. Yeah. Well, yeah, even I, at yeah. squirt, well, remember, like, the guy's coming after you. He's going to get a piece of you or the puck or both. Yeah, protect yourself. Well, yeah. as a defenseman, growing up, I always used to let if you were coming back into your own zone, they did a dump and chase, right? I would always let the forward get a foot to a foot and a half in front of me, so that by the time we got to the puck. I'd blow him up and I'd get the puck. I would gain possession. Like, that's just how you play. Right. That's just how you used to play. Yeah. Separate the man from the Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's totally different uh, thought process moving forward here. But other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, and we, we uh, I went into a pretty in-depth, was it number, was it episode two I went in the, talking about Dempsey Anderson? Mm, yeah, yeah, episode two. two. In the Dempsey Anderson rink. And I know you, I've been talking to you again on, on uh, text messages here in yeah. the past, and you, you discussed it on the K-Well uh, show, morning show there. But, yeah. I mean, just how, uh, what, what a what a disgrace it is to have that building named after such a, a great human being yeah. treated the way it is. And, and someone's got to, at some point, step up and just pull them, pull I them am, to pull their head out of their ass. I am. Ha- I totally agree with you. And we discussed that. And I was, my feathers were ruffled on that. That whole weekend, it was disgusting. And, um, I've been there, uh, during the state cause we got to finish. Well, you guys got to finish too, right? Or did no. you No, no you didn't. we're supposed to be, we're supposed we to be, uh, Picking up our third state championship trophy Dang it. in four years tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus, um, <laughs> that's canceled. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we were fortunate thanks, to finish. Thanks, yeah, that's and that sucks for everybody. Um, we were fortunate enough to get to finish our season, and Dempsey Anderson Ice Arena was as clean as I have seen it in. Well, whatever. It was just spotless, and I was so happy because. On my show, I made a big stink about it because I was super pissed because there's kids, there's women, there's grandparents, and I'm talking feces wrapped around the, the, the toilet seat. I mean, it's just like somebody purposely is doing certain things. And then some of it's just like no one's in there to take care of business. Yeah. And um, it's a city-run rink. We all pay for it, and that's not acceptable. Yeah. Uh, but it, just to, to reiterate... It was really clean, and I was okay. really excited Good. that yeah. it was. Well, like somebody hopefully passed along. The well, message. I like I like that you're able to. Hey, it really sucked, but hey, it was really clean, and so we're yeah. covering both. We're, if it if it's clean, we're going to tell you it's clean. Yeah, it really was. But if it's yeah. not, we're going to tell you that it's not. 
Yeah. One exactly. thing that I found going into Dempsey is, uh, so I'm a referee, part-time referee. Loser. I, uh. I'm not a good referee. God, <laughs> yeah, I know. Is there one? <laughs> You're right. No, I'm uh, just from that referee Are room. You guys done? Shut up, Walt. <laughs> from that referee room, right? It's right there in, yeah, in the yeah. lobby. I'll tiptoe to wherever I'm going to ref because if you look at the floor, there's gravel yeah. all over the place. They never sweep it. They yeah. never mop it. They never do shit. So, like, if I'm on my way out to go ref a game, I'll hear crunch, crunch. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Now I'm going to have a dead edge for the next skater already. I got a three banger right now. I'm going to have to do, <laughs> I'm going to be here for the next four and a half hours with a dead edge. And I'm already a bad skater. So, I mean, if oh, we're, ra- if we're ranking rinks, the Mac is, is always awesome. Well yeah. done. It Thank really you. is. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, Dempsey is always the worst yeah. and it shouldn't be that way. No, but, uh, yeah, if we could rank some rinks. Yeah. Well, and we talked dominant. about that too. Again, you're talking about, Dempsey Anderson, who I hold, you know, yeah, way, way, way up there. And it's like, and people hear that and they have a negative connotation to his name. And that, that bothers me. Yeah, like I, they, I agree. First thing a kid thinks of Dempsey Anderson, he's not going to know him. No. Nope. You know, he's not even born. No. Nope. Uh, but to have him say, oh, Dempsey Anderson, a piece of shit rink. It's like, yeah. I know. No problem with that, that stings a bit. Yeah, no, I no agree with you. With I agree. So in Eagle River, uh, we have a picture of Coach Mack, just like the one at Dempsey. So yeah, when the kids are real little, when they're mites, it's like, you guys know who that is? Yeah. What's the rink called? Well, it's called the Mac. Yeah, the Harry J. McDonald Memorial Center. Any guesses on who that is? And like the one smart kid. Is it Harry J. McDonald? Yes, that's Coach Mac. So whenever we work on stops and starts or whatever, all your stops are facing Coach Mac. So it, 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 it you know, people have to make a conscious effort to teach those kids yep. because Dempsey Anderson, like Reed says, isn't in anything to a lot of these kids except for an old shitty rink. Yeah. The head buzzard. The head buzzard, man. He'd ask you about your love life every time. I mean, kids Dude. need, yeah, the, the respect is so massive for our age people that grew up and, and played with, with, played hockey here, and that's been lost on the kids well, probably. Well, speaking, speaking about Dempsey, uh, you know, you, you, you went to the skills clinic back in the day, I'm sure, with yeah. your dad and Dempsey. Yep. So do you have any good uh, Coach oh, Mack and or Dempsey stories you want to share? I, I'm sure I've told you this story, but I have a good Coach Mack story. Uh, I'm t- I never took a face-off. I was always a left wing. And for some reason, I'm playing center, Ben Bokey too. And he's, he's out there in his sweats, he, and he's going to drop the puck. as me and Ken Hemingway. Play a little, oh, yeah. who yeah. was a D. I don't know what he was doing in center, but we were young. We were like squirts, maybe peewees. And uh, <laughs> he slams the puck, and it bounces. Like he did on purpose. You know, we were just go- It wasn't a real game. It was. Um, I th- he was filling in for Sorensen, I think, is what yeah. he was doing. Which means game day. <laughs> yeah, game day. <laughs> and I go to whack it, like, out of the air, but I hit your dad right in the nuts. <laughs> hard like as hard as i can you know i don't know what i'm doing and uh he's like curls over and he's like oh and he kind of turns towards the boards all hunched over and he's just kind of sitting there no one's moving everybody's yeah. like you killed you're fucking dead and i'm like coach mac you're right and he's like balls of steel boys play on <laughs> <laughs> and we're like all right yeah, let's go yeah. I've never played center ever again. Dude, my, my claim to fame is I almost killed Dempsey Anderson one time. When oh. I was a mite. We were doing uh, backwards skating, like maybe C-cuts backwards or whatever. Yeah. And 
He used to wear like a uh, quilted, either his USA hockey jacket or oh, or, yeah. a, or a quilted button up flannel mm-hmm. and a high brimmed hat, uh, no gloves, leather skates, and a stick. There's probably no tape on everything. And he had his back turned, and I'm a mite at this point, and I nail him right behind the thing, and he Oops. goes over. And it's like the coconut hitting on the freaking ice. Go, conk. Yeah. He's freaking out. And I come over there. I'm like, Dempsey. I call him Uncle Dempsey. Uncle Dempsey. I mean, I'm crying. I thought I, I, He's out. Yeah. He's out. My dad's like, no, go away. We got it. <laughs> bring him out. I think they just juiced him up with a, a couple more darts there. He used, <laughs> yeah. to, he used to smoke darts. Oh, yeah. And yeah. drink coffee yeah. in the um, in the penalty box at, at Bokey One. Yeah. So he probably just did that. And he was fine. I mean, I felt like about that big. But uh, every every bad kid, Todd Skogan comes to mind. Todd Skogan. Skogan. You know, the only story I know about him, real quick, is he hung a squirrel in Ben Bokey uh, locker a room. Camp, wasn't it? Uh, well, Seattle it? Snow Kings were coming to town. Okay. And they yeah, were playing them, and he hung a squirrel in their locker room. Nice. He was Skogie. He was Skogs was always like that. He was like he's always in trouble. Yeah. And Coach uh, Dempsey would have him. Uh, all the kids that got in trouble. Skogan was one of them. Um, he put him in there. And as my dad and, and Coach uh, Peter Hag and those guys, Christensen brushes uh-huh. out there. Yeah. You know, Coach is in there smoking his dart. Has his little coffee from the from the vending machine. Playing poker. And uh, put your put your face put your nose up. And he made him put his nose up against the glass and watch the practice for like an hour. <laughs> so I got like, you're skating by. You see Skogie, like, hey, and he's just like, up like, like 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 a pig, you know, the yeah. pig nose up. So, yeah, Dempsey was uh, was uh, definitely a special special dude. I wish yes, we could get was. some some stories. I mean, God, if my dad was here. He could tell you. Oh yeah, some some classic. Uh, yeah, some Dempsey. Well, he co- uh, um, Dempsey coached my dad and all my uncles. I mean. Everybody had to go through the Dempsey part of it. And I also remember about your dad, another cool story about your dad. I used to get a lot of penalties. And your dad, towards the end of my high school career, like either my junior or senior year, he was becoming in, 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 the, the, in the penalty box. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool because I would come visit him quite often during the games. And uh, he had all the tape in there, the wax. He'd look at my stick like, uh, tape this up real quick. Yeah, He's taping the sticks. You're looking at the game, talking. I just remember that about your dad, how cool that was. Because that wasn't going on at all. No. I don't know who was in the other lame penalty box, but they didn't have Coach Mack. And he was retaping sticks. Was he and, smoking darts, too? No. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that. But, uh, yeah, I got a lot of good memories of him. No, that was that was a huge loss, obviously. But, yeah, 100. Uh, I, I do want to touch on, on one more, uh, your, your clothing line. Dude, Son of the North. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thank we, we obviously did the beer. That was a awesome. collab, which Thank is you. cool, which I meant to bring one today, and I forgot. I still have a couple at the house. I still got, we still got some of the breweries. So, nice. Um, so how's that going? I mean, uh, it's, it's good. A, you know, it's it's something that I always kind of wanted to do, but didn't really know how to do it. But I sort of always created the band merch for the band, uh, in my brain anyway, in my head. Um, so I always kind of knew I wanted to do something that was kind of more street or, and, and but not being too Alaskan, you know, because there's, in the early days when we were repping AK so hard, we were the only band from AK. Right. Back then, you know, uh, not the only band, but the only touring band, really, you know. So, you and Jewel. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and we had the upper hand on that because she had actually kind of shunned AK right. a bit. So right. we were the heroes, right? right. Uh, so now, fast forward all these years, you know, Alaska and merchandise is pretty prominent, you right. know, with there's all kinds of local companies that are doing their own claims. So I wanted to do something. 
that I enjoyed wearing, because that's the other thing. I created all this band merch, but I can't wear my own band stuff. We just don't do that. So it was always yeah. kind of a bummer, you know, that we, I would have this cool design. I'm like, oh, that's badass. Like one of my favorite designs, which is kind of a, it was kind of a, we didn't do much of it, but we had this really cool uh, Ulu design. I don't know if you guys ever saw the Ulu, but most people didn't know what the hell an Ulu was, but um, could never wear it. And I was so proud of that design. You know, it was very Alaskan. And anyway, so with Son of the North, I wanted to do something. And I also wanted to have something that could just be uh, like 36 crazy fists. I hate the word. Like I hate it. I, I never liked seeing it on a t-shirt. That's why you hardly see anything that just doesn't have 36 CF on it. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Most of our stuff just has that. Uh, it's hard to make crazy fists look cool. Yeah. It's just something I'm hung up on it a bit, maybe too much. So with son of the North, I knew that son, I could just use a son and I was stoked about that. And the other thing, one worm bands are my favorite Metallica Slayer Testament. Yeah. Iconic names are just one word usually for me. Um, so son of the North, not being one word, but I could abbreviate in son. There's a lot of ideas behind it. Um, it really, it's just one of those things that I got to do with my wife and, and we'll, and we could do it forever. You know, it's, it's beer money. It's, I mean, we it's could talk about your wife smoke show. Thank you. I mean, absolute smoke. Show, I agree. You know what I mean, say, I mean, Jay, no, I know. Yeah. I, I hope you think so. And, that, and a drummer and a drummer. Yeah. Um, she was playing with Thera. Yeah, yeah. She's the Thera drummer. They're they're not that active, but when they get to, they did they actually just did a record. But I don't think the vocals are done. You on definitely it yet. married up, buddy. Well, yeah, yeah, I did. I uh, this coming from <laughs> this coming from Reed McDonald. I also Reed married, who also married up. I yeah. also married up. Yeah, I too married up. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody does. I mean, yeah. <laughs> except for those, those poor women. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Sorry about that. I always That's think that when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, like, oh, well, it's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no thanks man yeah she's super cool i i met her uh five years ago in in johannesburg where she lives in south africa where she lived and uh yeah anyway just one of those weird things that and, and she, she does the the sun of the north with you obviously. Yep. yeah yep mm -hmm. and, and we had more plans to do more female stuff we've kind of uh she we've been dealing with her immigration stuff so much the last two years that the the clothing line has sort of taken a back seat but like i said it's there. It can always be there, and yeah. there's no rush on it. It's not like somebody's beating down our door to make the next product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that makes it more special too. Um, we're not trying to do like you know, quit our day jobs on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, just a creative outlet. Yeah. It's, we know we know about the creative outlet. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe some Big dump time. and change, uh, son of the north collab. I like it. Maybe. Ooh, I love it. I like that. Maybe. Like we'll leave that to you as far as the uh, artistic direction. Yeah, cool. We have, we have none. Well, I do, I do like the sticker. It's yeah. very cool. Thank you for the stickers. That's, uh, it's that's very recognizable when you search one. it on the podcast. It's super recognizable with the white background on it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, Brock, um, thanks for being on the program, well, man. Fellas, hey, thank you. And uh, can, oh, one more thing. I, yeah, I did all this research. Oh, uh, you can't go without the research. Uh, number Fact one, checker I have a very good friend that lives in Fairbanks. Um, and he... What you two years older than me? Ninety three, you graduate? Yeah. Okay. Uh, his name is Kerry Halfley. Oh yeah. Okay. Very good friend of mine. I mentioned you were coming on, and, and he said uh, uh, he calls you Lindau, Brock okay. Lindau. Yeah, he, yeah. Call, he calls me Eunice. <laughs> That's just how he does it. And and he, and he said uh, he said I boy I got to tell you Haley was like right? <laughs> I, said, so I said I said I don't think she would I don't think you like that wasn't you weren't the only one. No had, no no yeah yeah Haley and yeah. she had a shop. Right next to one of our tanning shops. Uh, oh yeah, 
back before, but Kerry uh, Hoffley wanted me to make sure to tell Brock Lindau mm. that uh, he said hello and uh, he enjoyed a lot of good times. Yeah, that's so. great. Please tell him hi. We, I always would stay at his house when we'd go up there. We were good buddies when we were young, and yeah. he was a really cool dude. I haven't seen him in a long time. I think the last time I saw him was when you sent me a picture of you and him up in Fairbanks yeah. Yeah. a few years ago, but I, I haven't seen no, him in many he has years. No hair. Has, Which is lame. He had the sweetest blonde like hair. He he, he he says that, and I don't yeah. believe him. But oh he, yeah, he had good blonde well, he hair. Looks, he looks like a cue ball now. And okay. I had one last question for you. Yeah. Is it true you got on a uh, on a, an actual fist fight on a commercial flight? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah, tell, yeah. Nice. Can you tell us about that? Uh, that's a good hockey story, that's, sorta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's this is pre nine eleven, by the way. Uh, we, we went still, to. We could still meet you at the gate at this point. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, we went to Buffalo for the Troika tournament. You guys remember the Troika mm-hmm. tournament? U.S., Canada, Russia. And uh, anyway, we we were Bantam, Bantam A's, I think. Anyway, um, there was a midget team also on the plane. Uh, and I just remember, I might forget his name, but maybe Mike Strand? Yeah. Or yeah. Matt, Matt Evans, maybe. Matt Evans. Yeah, both. Anyway, both. Yeah. one of those guys were kind of sitting right behind me, Tommy Kowal, and Mike Victor. <laughs> we were That was the, the crew in my lane. And we were talking to these two girls that were on the UAF debate team. They were out there doing something too. So anyway, uh, two girls on the window and the aisle, and then the guy in the middle, I'm also in the middle. Um, and we're talking to the girls, and then this guy starts talking about hockey players and i don't really remember the whole thing about it except for him saying hockey players been hitting the puck too many times in the head which is really lame of a burn but at that point in time when we were young we were like what so i remember one of those guys matt evans or mike strand saying lindo they talking shit about us and i was like yeah he's like handle it i'm like all right take off my seatbelt and just start feeding the guy <laughs> in front of me. And uh, he's trying to get his seatbelt off. And I'm just chainsawing this guy. Nice. And uh, anyway, this old guy comes, grabs me by the throat and like has me up against the window and it gets all, um, we had just took off. We hadn't been in the air that long. Oh, and uh, long flight. And my mom, I'll get to that, but let me just keep the story going. Uh, People want me off the plane. They're like, so Lynn Swanson is our team mom. <laughs> she comes Lynn. back and she's like, honey, they're going to drop us in Toronto. I'll stay with you. And I'm like, Holy shit. fuck, I'm in deep shit. Okay, back to my mom. She is a flight attendant for Alaska Airlines at that time, but not on that plane. And so I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like, you, everything is coming. Where's the coach at this point? So Gaspo and Gaspo. Big, Big Daddy are in first oh, class. Oh, oh, of course oh, they Of course they are. Of course they are. So I sit down. Parents are paying. And uh, I start seeing. It, it chills out. And uh, I see Gaspo's coming back. We're in the back, too. So he's coming all the way down. I'm just sitting there. And <laughs> he looks right at Victor. And he goes, You. And then doesn't even look at me, looks at Tommy and goes, and you. And then walks right back and goes up the thing. Doesn't say anything to me. I'm just like, anyway. So then Lynn, Lynn interjects and says, well, they can't leave you in Toronto. So we're going to Anchorage, but the police are going to be there. Don't worry about it. I'll stick with you. That's a long way from Buffalo to like think about oh, that. God. Well, we got off and nothing happened. 
Where you, where you totally like head on a swivel where they asked. Well, they I just, asked. the guy never said anything to me and I wasn't sure if we were, he was still ready to fight. It was a weird time, but uh, that really happened. And uh, that well, was you, it. You got the right coaches there. Cause Gaspo, I played for Gaspo for uh-huh. three years. Yeah. Yeah. He's been known to lose his, uh, oh, lose yeah. his shit every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, one of the best coaches I ever had. I, I, Knows the game. He just keep the emotions in check. He was an amazing coach. Crazy. <laughs> Not to go keep going on this story, but bef- we lost to uh, Chicago uh, Young Americans. Were those? Yeah. Yes, we, we lost to them two to one in the championship, and the, of course the ref screwed something up. Anyway, Gaspo is giving the ref his hotel key. <laughs> this is my key. Show up at the hotel. Yeah. We're going to take care of this. <laughs> this is my room key. <laughs> Dude. Dude, that, that is – Gaspo uh, was the best. Oh, yeah. Dude, he mean, was – Hey, rabbit ear. <laughs> BF and you. You stink. <laughs> yep. I mean, gets yep. tossed out of more games. I don't oh, know how yeah. many tournaments he went to when I played. I played three years of midgets because they changed the – the, the age things so i had him for three years and i don't know how many turns we spent with like he'd get blown up like rip the rip stuff off the back like the banner that welcome alaska <laughs> that's on the ice <laughs> sticks on the ice throwing water oh yeah water bottles just and then we had you know um a, a dad would jump on the bench hey that opening doors doesn't know what's going on we're just kind of doing i mean oh, just yeah, yeah. Great guy. And yeah, great guy. Mike, Mike Victor passed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah rest in peace. Vic Mike passed, Victor, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was about three years ago or so, unfortunately. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, Brock, thank you for being on. Thank you, boys. That was a lot of fun. Very for, I don't know where guest. we go from. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, all downhill Probably from downhill. Nah. But, yeah. uh, I wish you guys the best of luck, though. It was great. Thanks, man. And, uh, hey, boys, I think it's time for Dump and Change. I need a beer. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>